We're in 1 Timothy chapter 3 tonight. The church, um, as they look for a pastor, needs to look first at what God says. And uh, so we'll go through this uh, brief little section, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and then I may share one more thing before the, uh, the meeting starts tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 3, if you're there, I'd like you to follow. This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop or overseer, he desireth a good work. Uh, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you might have your hand a blessing on the Baptist Church of Hadley, the members as they walk through this season of seeing who you might have for a pastor for them. And the days ahead, Father, I pray that you give great insight and wisdom to the deacons, to the pulpit committee, to the members as they ponder, as they look, as they pray, as they seek your face. Father, would you, in a very wonderful way, work a work here that would sustain and strengthen the ministries of this church, would strengthen the believers here, and equip them in their service to you. Father, we ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you're probably a little bit familiar with this list, uh, and... and uh, the words may be, uh, a, a, some of them a little bit outdated. So let's just walk through these several things that uh, are what Paul says to Timothy, uh, the requirement for one who is an overseer. Um, the word bishop there uh, is literally overseer. And it's talking about the pastor. Uh, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of an overseer, episcopus is the, the Greek word, he desireth a good work. I think that's a high and holy calling. It's a worthy thing for a man to look at that prospect and examine whether or not God would have him to do that particular uh, calling. Verse 2, an overseer then must be blameless. Here's what the word means. That cannot be laid hold of, or maybe we can put it this way, not open to censure, irreproachable. 
Now, does that mean he has to be perfect? I'm going to tell you a secret. No pastor is perfect. No pastor. But he can be blameless. He can have a consistent testimony that's clear to those around him that he walks with God and that he lives in obedience to God. Blameless. Husband of one wife. Uh, I've heard controversy about this one. First of all, uh, I've known of some who were single men who pastored, and people said they don't qualify, not the husband of one wife. Uh, I've also heard a great deal of controversy about men who have gone through the agony of divorce and yet want to occupy that position. But I think as the church looks at that, they need to find somebody with a, uh, I would just say, a solid family. That uh, they're walking with the Lord in obedience in this matter. Uh, I think for the sake of time, I'm going to move on. We could say a little bit more about that. Husband of one wife, vigilant. The, the word has the idea of being temperate, by the way. Uh, sober. Uh, that word means of sound mind or self-controlled. If you see someone who doesn't have a good handle on their temper... I think that that's a disqualifier for the position of pastor. Verse 2, he must be blameless, a husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior. And that word has the sense of uh, orderly. I like that. Uh, there ought to be a sense of order in a man's life especially if he's going to lead other people. He can also have the sense of being modest. Uh, then we have this one, given hospitality. You have an idea what that is, right? Being hospitable. Um, it doesn't mean he entertains everybody in the church, but it does mean he has a heart toward being hospitable. I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind, um, that he'd be friendly both to the members and the visitors, uh, that uh, he would be available. Uh, I will tell you that some of the most encouraging things take place over a dinner table with another family. That can be a great, great time. Given the hospitality, apt to teach, we spent a little time on that this morning. We find it in 1 Timothy chapter 3. We find it in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, it, it seems to be a requirement that the one who's called to pastor is skilled at teaching because that's so incredibly important to the pastoral ministry, to the extension of the church. It's learning this word and being able to present that to other people in a clear and 
in a wholesome manner. Apt to teach. Not given to wine. I've known churches that have split over that. Well, some want a little, and some forbid any. And interesting, I, I think the safest thing for a child of God is to avoid anything that has to do with alcohol, period. Let me do a little comparison for a moment. What kind of alcohol did they drink in Jesus' day? Well, it was fermented grape juice. Do you have any idea what the alcohol industry in the United States produces today? Incredible poison that damages. It damages the mind as well as the body. Uh, anybody here ever go to a rescue mission and deal with folks who've been... You know exactly what I'm talking about. That stuff did incredibly destructive things to people. Why? Why would anybody even entertain the idea of a social drink with that kind of poison? Not given to wine. I think that, uh, again, the safest position is one where you simply abstain from any of that nonsense. Uh, no striker. The word can be rendered brawler. Again, we, we looked at this a little bit this morning. Somebody who's argumentative or contentious, I believe that's a disqualifier. Not greedy of filthy lucre. I know a lot of pastors. I've, I've been friends with many of them for many, many years. And in my personal contacts, I don't believe I've ever seen a pastor in a like-minded church here that has an incredible uh, lust for financial gain. It, it doesn't seem to run in our circles but it doesn't mean that somebody coming to the church wouldn't have um, an inclination in that direction. And I think that's something that the pulpit committee, the deacons, and eventually the church will have a say-so in. Um, I, I believe the church here has always been incredibly generous with the pastor. But I think that the, uh, the caution is where his heart is. What's, what's the desire of his heart? And if the desire of his heart is to make money, what do you think that says? I think it says he's disqualified. Patient. Uh, here's an interesting word. The idea is... Uh, Equitable, fair, moderate, forbearing, and one of the scholars put it this way, not insisting on the letter of the law. Very, very interesting. Patient. 
And then not a brawler. We've touched on that. Not fighting, not contentious. Not covetous. And this, I think, certainly goes along with not greedy of filthy lucre. The idea is no lover of money or free from the love of money. The writer to the Hebrews says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Being content is very, very important, I believe, in somebody who's endeavoring to serve others. Uh, then we have this, one that rules well his own house. The word rule has the sense of to stand before, to lead, or to attend to. Um, if there's somebody who uh, candidates and he doesn't lead his family, there's something wrong with that. You want a picture of somebody who knows how to demonstrate leadership at the most basic level so that that can be extended to a greater level. One that rules well his own house. And then, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Now, does that sound just a little bit somber? Um, of course, Mary Jean and I have two sons, and as they were growing up, uh, we endeavored to make sure that uh, they were obedient. There were consequences if they didn't obey. Uh, some of you may remember me talking about this a long, long time ago. And here was the, the simple rule that we made. Disobedi disobedience brings four cracks. We had a paddle on one side. We had Proverbs uh, chapter 22. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. On the other side, Proverbs 23, withhold not correction from the child. And uh, they had to say the verses before they got the paddle. Does that sound pretty, uh, pretty rugged? You know, after they were six or seven years old, we never had to use a paddle. When a child learns obedience early in life, that's an incredible thing. Having his children in subjection, then not a novice. Let, let me give you a, a word on this one of one who by inexperience is unfitted to act as an overseer. It requires experience. I think uh, often in, in our circles at least, a fellow who graduates from Bible school, he's beginning to get experience, but often he'll go to a church and serve as a youth pastor so he's at least under training for other things. And uh, that's happened with, uh, with many, many in our circles. Uh, 
I think it would be rare to see somebody coming right out of Bible school who was ready to jump into a, a senior pastor position and assume all the responsibilities without having had some life experience about how to deal with things. Not a novice. And then this last one, verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without. Without what? Those who are on the outside of the church. Um, that begs some questions, I think. What kind of a testimony does the man carry before the unsaved community? And if they see him as an honest and honorable and gracious person, that speaks volumes. He must have a good report of them that are without, outside the church. Um, and more I could share, but I think that goes over that little list. Uh, just out of curiosity, anybody have any questions? Well, I'll tell you what, let's have a word of prayer. Father, would you be pleased to bless the efforts of the Baptist Church of Hadley, its leaders, its officers, its members, as they continue their uh, pursuit of a new pastor. Father, would you guide and bless and direct in each and every step of the way. Thank you, Father, for these who come tonight. Would you give them wisdom in a uh, business meeting, grace one with another. Father, would you be pleased to bless here in wonderful ways. And we ask this now with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.